I know, right? And we're back with another episode of CAIC Community Combos. Yay! Woo! <clears throat> little by little, guys. We'll get it. We'll get that intro perfect, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> um, so today we have a new, a, a new, a couple new friends joining our conversation. And we have a couple of our regulars. So let's start off, since the conversation is going to be about kids, we'll, we'll start off with our name and how many kids we have, okay? So I'm Yesenia. I have uh, seven-year-old boy-girl twins. I'm Kathy. I have a 21 and a 22-year-old. I'm Catherine, and I have no children. I'm Raina Anda, and I have a 10-year-old. I'm Lisa, and I have a 3-year-old. Uh, I'm Armani. I have twins who are 3, and then a baby girl who is 2. And here's my question to that. Like, she chose <laughs> to have a third <laughs> after the twins. <laughs> baby chose me. <laughs> I said anything. <laughs> True, true, true. And I'm with Sandra. I have four children, 24, 14, 13, and 12. Oh, my goodness. Busy, busy, busy. (laughs) So it's pretty funny because we have different kind of, like, ranges. Like, for me, uh, my kids, we live in an apartment, so it was, I I was over being home with them within a week. Like, I, I wanted them to go back to school so bad. And I'm sorry to all the teachers, but I was one of those parents like, can they just go back, please? Um, But how was it for, like, some of you that have, like, older kids? Um, So my kids were in college, and they commute. So they're already home. They weren't, like, on campus um, living in the dorms. So, you know, I was used to them coming and going. But um, just being, being, I love them. But being there with them all day long was just, like, for everybody else was just, you know, you had to get used to it. Um, But I was also trying to be the parent trying to navigate their way through this. And, um, you know, they're grown, so it's a little bit different. Like, they, they can take care of themselves, which is, you know, what I'm grateful for. But I would not let them leave the house. Like, we, you couldn't come in, you couldn't go out, like. And it was like that for the first two weeks until we all realized, like, we needed to refill medication. And so I had this really long list of, like, it was like 18 steps. And then I tossed it because it was, like, ridiculous. But I'm like, (laughs) so you're going to grab it, and then you're going to clean it, and then you're going to give them the money. You know, it was just Mm. dumb. But um, it was was just interesting. Um, Everybody had their own room, so, of course, Mm -hmm. people would just retreat and hang out. But it it was tough for them. Like, they're social kids, and... You know, they were used to being on campus, and my other daughter was a volleyball player, so she always had pretty packed with dates. Um, and that was that was probably tougher for her than anything else. The, my other daughter was in a relationship, and so, you know, we would um, put him on FaceTime, and we would watch movies together in the living room like that. So oh. he couldn't come over the house either. Sorry. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I, that's something like, I mean, I'm married, so my husband was home, but like, People in relationships that are still living at home, you know, that has to affect them, yeah. Do you think they felt the loss of privacy? Um, that really, like, I'm, I know a lot that happens in their lives, so there's nothing that, you know, I mean, they're grown and, you know, grown people do grown people things. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think about it. But, you know, um... they're good like we have a really good relationship for the most part um so open we talk about things and um i think in some ways it's probably made things a little bit closer for us 
but but again, we have a really good relationship, so. So that helps um, going in. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh my god, I hate my mother, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe they do, and they don't tell me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but so you um, raise kids with good manners, who mm-hmm. aren't telling you that. For, for the most part, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, I have a. I had a. My daughter was, I think, I think she was nine when this all started, or she might have been eight still. And um, she was always very active. Uh, uh, so she did theater and singing and she played an instrument and dance and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, when it happened, they kind of shut everything down. So there was an adjustment for her because um, she had asthma and like Kathy, uh, nobody's coming in and we are not going out because um, what somebody else might be able to get and get over it because you have asthma this could be detrimental so um, she went through um, a very tough um, phase I don't even know what to call it but she just became really really defiant um, because at the time she did not have an electronic device we just had the computer and my phone and so um, we did end up having to pick up an iPad so she could at least talk to her friends that way um, and have some kind of social interaction, which I, I so regret, but it was needed and necessary um, because I saw the damage that it was doing to her um, em- mentally and emotionally, not being able to be with kids. But I had homeschooled um, her up to second grade. So um, us being at home learning, that part was easy. Um, and then when I started working, it, it became a real challenge because she didn't understand that just because we were home together, like you can't just barge in because I'm yeah. on a call or you can't stand over me and keep tapping me while I'm trying to finish a call. So we went through that kind of adjustment. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was okay. I did notice uh, because the when we went to remote learning, the learning became very, it was not rigorous at all. So she would get really bored really quickly and um, she started to become a problem on the camera because she'd be like doing flips and Mm. she was in her bedroom and you know she'd turn her camera off and go read a book or something. So she kept getting in trouble which she wasn't doing in school. But you know, um, it all worked out in the end. Do you think having her watch you work at home has changed her view of you? No, Um, actually I don't. Because in the beginning, I allowed her to do that, but then we ended up buying walkie-talkies. And my office is in the basement, and her bedroom's on the second floor, so that's the only way that we could communicate via walkie-talkie, so. Very cool. Which gives her a fun way to communicate with you, Mm -hmm. you know, so. How is it with little ones? Because three years old, your your daughter, you said, is three, right? And then your little one is three, Armani, too? Yeah, so the twins are just turned three in October and the baby just turned two so when everything happened it was the twins were one two I don't know whatever that yeah. is and the baby was newborn so the baby was born actually in 2020 so she wow. was born February 2020 and then a month later the city shut down so she was born right at the, mm-hmm. at the whole start of everything did you did either of you have any trouble like finding things then like baby Formula, like how was, I mean, I don't know if you best or not, but like baby formula, diapers, you know, what was that scarce? Because I know like the, remember the whole toilet paper situation where everybody went crazy. Yeah, the pull-ups were actually hard. We were potty training at the time. 
and her sizes were never available, so I had to get the biggest diaper they had. Oh my so gosh. that was uh-huh. pretty hard. Um, but as far as the challenges we had, we were living with my grandma at the time, and so we had three of us to one bedroom, so it was kind of like very jammed. Um, and at the time, I was in my senior year getting my bachelor's, so her not being in school, and I was working nights at the hospital, and then her daycare was being shut, so like everything was pretty difficult. Everything was like very, very hard at the time. My fiance was working nights, so I like had little to no help. Um, and then the safety precautions I had to take before like entering the home mm-hmm. kind of made things a little more difficult as well. Um, like being on that front line, and as well as like having the challenges of having a kid at home and mm-hmm. an elderly grandmother. Um, so it was pretty hard, um, but my support system was great. Um, my mom actually lives next door to my grandma, so I had my sisters and my mom. Oh, that's good. We were all in close vicinity, but once people had a quarantine, like I had a quarantine a bunch of times only because I was exposed to COVID on a daily basis at work. Um, not being able to see them was kind of hard, and my daughter kind of, she kind of rebelled at a, at a point. She was two at the time. I believe so um and she was really close and dependent on my sisters and my mom for like comfort and stuff and Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to give that to her a lot because of work and school um so that was a huge challenge for us but uh we managed it uh we started to do like zoom calls every morning Mm -hmm. um just so she can have that interaction because she started just like I don't know getting bored yeah um she didn't want to potty train so things were like really hard but um we got through it and things are a lot more better and manageable today. Yeah, for us, I remember, you know, diaper wipes were, like, not a thing. It was so hard to find diaper wipes, and we had to buy three boxes because we had three kids. <laughs> um, so that was really difficult. And um, like I said, my baby girl, she was born right at the start of the pandemic. Um, this was when everyone thought it was still the flu, so mm-hmm. nobody was really sure. So I remember, you know, they weren't, my other two kids weren't even allowed in the delivery room. They told me, you know, well, we got the flu going on, so nobody else can come in. It can only be one person in, in the delivery room. So it was just my mom there because my husband had to watch the kids. And then, um, yeah, just bringing her home was, was fine because I'm like, I'm, I'm used to this. I got two of them, <laughs> so this is, this is not a problem. And then slowly and slowly, you know, more stuff came on on the TV about, like, how serious this actually was. Um, and I actually got sick. And, you know, I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was COVID because we couldn't test at the time. And I just remember, like, calling the nurse because she was the only one that I could breastfeed. And I remember, you know, asking, like, you know, I don't feel well. I, you know, my throat's bothering me. I can't really, you know, smell. I can't do any of this stuff. Like, I don't really know what's going on. And they're like, well, okay, just, just breastfeed with a mask on. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm sitting there with this uh, newborn baby. I put my mask on, and she's just screaming at me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm the worst mother in the world. And I have to, and I, and I want to breastfeed her because, you know, that's what you're supposed yeah. to do and everything. And so it was just, it was just so hard to just see her yeah. just, like, not be okay with the fact that I have to wear a mask. And I'm just like, what do I, like, what do I do? And they're like, okay, well, if you don't like the mask, you know, turn away. And I'm like... So then I'm, like, breastfeeding her with my head to the side. I'm like, this is all the stuff they tell us not to do with breastfeeding? Mm-hmm. Like, this will be a bonding moment? So it was just, it was just, you know, yeah. surreal. And that's when it really hit me because I was definitely one of those people in the beginning that's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, people are kind of just, you know, blowing out of proportion kind of thing in the early days. And then when I when that, I was like, shit, like, this is, this is kind of serious. And I have a newborn baby in the midst of all of this. How the heck are we going to survive? So... 
it was yeah. it's in pretty the beginning, difficult. It felt like like the media is with the weather, you know, three yeah. snowflakes yeah. and it's going to be snow yep. apocalypse all over again. And um, then it really was bad, yeah. and the realization of that kind of crept up on you. Yeah. How was it with older kids, Asana? Um, it was it was still a challenge. Um, just the whole quarantining. Like uh, my oldest son, he was in his senior year mm-hmm. at WashU, so he had to come home. And uh, the smaller children, the younger children, elementary age, elementary school kids, they were home too, so everybody was home. Everybody was home. Everyone had their own bedroom and own space. I'm in a really big house, have a basement and everything, but it was still a challenge because we weren't used to just being together 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I had to get uh, a bigger internet package because now my son's home. He's a gamer. He's got schoolwork mm-hmm. to do. All the kids are on a laptop. At the time, um, like uh, Armani just said and everybody else, we didn't know that it was as profound Mm -hmm. as it turned out to be. Mm -hmm. When everything first happened, I was working for uh, SCR, which is a a vendor for PACE, Mm -hmm. to transport um, people with disabilities. And, you know, when they started talking about it on the news, it was just like, okay, we don't know what this is, but can I get a mask? They didn't provide us with anything. So one morning I went to work and they were saying that there was uh, a Auburn Gresham community member. The first person to die from COVID was one of our uh, one of our writers. Mm-hmm. And so I started working like three forty-five in the morning. I did five hours of split shift. So that whole morning from three forty-five to like eight forty-five, I'm just in. It just, just disbelief because I have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. My mother has bronchitis. She helps me, helps me with the kids. Mm-hmm. My kids have asthma, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, this is an upper. This is a respiratory issue. So I mean, I wrestled with it the whole five hours. I was just, I had to, I had to take a leave of absence. That was just the bottom line for the yep. safety of my family. Mm-hmm. I had to take a leave of absence. So when I got back. I told my supervisor, hey, you know, if you guys can't provide me with any type of security mm-hmm. to say that I'm going to be safe and that I won't take this thing home to my, my people, my mm-hmm. family, then I'm going to have to take a leave of absence. So I did that. So we were all home. I was home, yeah. too. And I became the referee, mm-hmm. the teacher, mm-hmm. um, the custodian, yeah. the lunchroom lady, mm-hmm. the tutor. <laughs> I mean, I had all these hats mm-hmm. on. And then I had to be just for emotional support because they didn't they didn't know, they didn't understand. We can't go to school, we can't go yeah. out of the house. I mean, they're older, so they understand, but it's like, well, they don't understand that this is COVID-19. Nobody understands right. what it really is. Mm-hmm. It's just out of the blue. So yeah. we're all just stuck at home. And uh, going out is like only for things of importance. Nobody mm-hmm. was coming over. We weren't going anywhere. No more uh, family mm-hmm. gatherings. I was like, no, no, we're not doing anything. I'm going to go out this house, get what we need, and I'm going to come mm-hmm. back, and that's going to be that. Mm-hmm. We're all just in the house. Um, so it was it was a challenge. It definitely was. Um, like with the e-learning, like you said with your daughter. I have three in elementary school mm-hmm. that are e-learning. They would get bored. Act silly in the chat, go to video games. I can't tell you how many phone calls I received 
telling me that, hey, I can see your kid is on another site. Mm-hmm. They're not in the classroom. You need to get them back into the classroom. So I'm doing all of this, all and just the, the worry of it all. My oldest boy was uh, set to graduate in May of 2020 from Washington. He did graduate. He received his credentials, his, his degree, but there was no ceremony. Um, so that was that was really, really hard. Um, he handled that had to it have been well, so though. hard for, like, eight, I was saying that, I think, in another episode, that, like, eighth graders and seniors, I feel so bad for them because those are, like, memories that you remember. Like, right. especially seniors in high school and college, like, you do events and stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, even just senior cookout or senior cut day or mm-hmm. things like that that it's just like oh man like they it sucks prom. like like yeah, I, I remember those days mm-hmm. I still remember like well, where we went we, we were you know in Forest Preserve just hanging out but right. you remember the and it's just memories that you carry on with and they didn't have those experiences they didn't have that all of that was just taken away and yeah. and they just had to deal with it we all just had to deal mm-hmm. with it I mean everybody did I had booked Airbnbs. I had already rented. I started this like, and I guess February. I'm like, I gotta make sure I have everything in order and ready. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through that. I had to cancel everything. Airbnb people, they were giving me a hard time. Um, the the rental car company, they wanted to charge me a fee. I'm like, how can you charge me a cancellation fee? We got COVID nineteen going on. Right. right. All you have to do is Google it. They'll tell you <laughs> right. that you know what I'm saying. The yeah. school, there's nothing yeah. happening. There's right. not going to be a ceremony. There aren't yeah. going to be. There's mm-hmm. not going to be anything. So don't give me a cancellation fee. And so I'm. Let me talk to your supervisor. Let me talk to your yeah. manager. Well, let me talk to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> let me yeah. talk to somebody who's reasonable yeah. Yeah. and who understands what's going on. But you know what was really after after everything uh, became announced in March. Like in February, my son had his last performance because he's in performing arts. Mm-hmm. And so he was the assistant director. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he was, no, no, he wasn't the assistant director. That was junior year. This play, he was like the main character. He was the star. And so that was his surprise for me. Like he didn't tell me that. But we were in an audit. This is February, mid February 2020, in, a, in an auditorium. Had to be at least, I don't know, a thousand to fifteen hundred people. Wow. And we, we didn't know anything. We had heard about it in December, something was going on in China, but here we didn't know anything about yeah, it. Nobody. So afterwards, I mean, I counted my blessings because yeah. I could have, we all could have just been yeah. Yeah. just sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being oh, yeah. in that auditorium, not, you know, not knowing the situation, right. not knowing anything, all it took was, all it would have taken was for one person to be sick. Yep. And I could have been sick, so, you know, I'm really, really, really Mm -hmm. thankful that I'm blessed and highly favored because that could have been a real situation. And, you know, I'm divorced, so I'm just, I'm single, a single parent now. Well, you guys probably didn't know that, but I am. You know, so I'm doing everything on my own. I can't afford to be down. I can't afford, I can't afford to catch COVID-19 and I got these children to take care of. Exactly. And now that you mentioned divorce, real quick, was that difficult to, like, I don't know, you know. Dude, I was so much to be thankful for. <laughs> so much to be thankful for. I was so thankful that I had gotten divorced before the quarantine. I don't think we would have made it. <laughs> Honestly, I and I'm I don't sure think there would have made it. We, what's crazy is that I'm sure that there was a lot of divorces hurt. after the quarantine. That's documented. But yeah. it had to have been so difficult for people that like were already planning to separate. And now you're stuck together for oh like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that would have been. 
Yeah, no, my, that happened to my brother. They had already separated mm -hmm. and had started the paperwork for divorce, and the court shut down completely. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, they had already kind of agreed, basically, you mm -hmm. know, about child custody and stuff. But uh, they weren't divorced until this last summer, so it took them, you know, 18 months for a process that I think usually takes about three, and they didn't actually have a court hearing. Mm -hmm. So, well. yeah, I mean, pandemics were hard on relationships, but they were also hard on just like all of the official stuff that you need yeah. to make mm -hmm. transitions, yeah. getting yeah. married. Yeah, finalized and that and that was actually for us because we actually got married during the pandemic. We got the day we had our reception was the next day the city shut down, and so everything shut down, everything closed. And because my husband's an immigrant, uh, we had no way to get his green card. Mm. We had no way to do immigration. We had no way to do anything, and his visa was gonna expire maybe like in a month. And it was like. What do we do? We have yeah. this newborn baby. We have twins. You literally cannot apply for anything. We can't call nobody. The embassies are shut down here and back in Germany. And he had to leave. So then he oh, left. Yeah. And I'm just like, Lord, I have two twins and a newborn baby. And it's a pandemic. Mm. And so he had, to, he had to leave the country. And he left. Um, he was gone from April until the middle of the summer. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, my so God. So I was at home, all three kids, my mom, my sister, um, you know, doing stuff. My mom is a cancer survivor. My sister has a disability. So we were just all kind of hunkered down, and I'm just like, what is life right now? Wow. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I lost my job. I was just like, yeah. I, I don't know what life is. And this job rolled around. And then yeah. I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, I was so happy because it was it was a struggle. Yeah. And, you know, being, being a single mom for those, you know, those couple of days was um, a couple of days. Those couple of months was just oh my gosh, yeah. And then Europe was hit hard. Europe yeah. was hit so hard, and we were so scared because, you know, where he's from, it's a very small town. Everybody connects with each other, and nobody believes in mm. masks and stuff like that. So I'm just like, you're gonna catch COVID, and you're gonna die, and I'm never gonna see you again. And what about the kids? And it was just one thing after another. The kids are too small to wear the mask. But we had to go out. And, you know, my mom can only do so much. My sister can't do anything. It's on me. It's on me to be mom to my kids. It's on me to be the woman of the household, pretty much. So, you know, like, going to the grocery store and stuff like that, I had to take the kids because mm -hmm. my mom can't watch all the three kids by myself. I can't leave them someplace. And it's just like, oh, and, of course, everyone's, they're so cute. I'm like, yeah, but stay away. Like, right. yeah. please, stop getting in their faces. I know that they're <laughs> cute. I birthed them, but please, go away. <laughs> This is before like grocery delivery was a thing and and all these other things. So it's just like I yeah it was it was a struggle. And then hearing what he was going through over there, you know they shut down a lot quicker than than we did. There was so much with the like even the planes even coming back here was such a struggle. They almost didn't let him come back. Um, oh my so it was gosh. Just, yeah, it was just one thing after another with all the laws that had came into place to deny people at the border. It was just it was really scary. So I have a question for you. For your two older kids, what kind of pushback did you start getting from them in terms of like how you were handling the household? In terms of them like, because they're older, right? And there's a different like social kind of engagement that they have with. Well, um, I didn't really, I didn't really get a lot of pushback. My children okay. trust and believe what I say, and when mm -hmm. I say something, that's what I mean. Okay. So the oldest, he. He didn't. He understood. It's like, boy, ain't nobody trying to get sick of that. I just told you the lady died. Uh, that was riding in the van. Right. 
So it wasn't a big issue for him because he had FaceTime, he had his iPad, he could Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Um, he knew he couldn't go anywhere because the possibilities of bringing something back mm -hmm. home. He knew nobody could come over. Uh, and then the one under him, who's now 14, you know, he's he's kind of like an introvert. So, okay. you know, he didn't have any big issues. He was so happy for e-learning. He was like, good. I don't have to go to that place. This is, this is where it's at. But he's also a gamer. So I'm getting, you know, the calls. He's, uh, I can see he's on another page. But yeah, I didn't really get, I okay. didn't get pushback at all. I mean, they, I got some pretty good kids. Yeah. No, my kids, my, you know, I was just wondering, like, because I was, we would talk about what their friends were doing, and I'm like, their mom has this, and their mom is sick, or their dad has yeah. this, and I'm just like, and they're just out, and yeah. I could not, you know, I'm like, y'all couldn't come back to my house, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't come out until, like, Mother's Day, I think, um, and then we had, we set up the tables in the yard, so, like, my brother came over, and my sister came over, uh, my mom came over, and everybody just kind of sat, kept their distance, and had their own table. Um, my nephew was born in February of 2020. Yeah. Um, so we saw him once and then didn't see him yep. again until um, Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, so we missed out on a lot of that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you have to... Mm -hmm. it, for some of us, it just wasn't that difficult to, to say these are things that we don't need to expose ourselves to mm -hmm. and then have to worry about later. Like, my mom lived by herself, mm -hmm. and she lived around the corner, so anything that she needed, like, we either had it delivered for her, um, or my sister would pick it up. My sister was a grocery runner, because I wouldn't go outside either. <laughs> but um, my kids were, you know, I mean, they were good. Like, they started, they set up Instacart. Um, they ordered that stuff. I sent them out for everything. Um, but we did buy them a PS4. So I have a little story behind that. <laughs> I, I talked about it in the first episode, but um, they're like, can you get us a, can we get a PS4? And I was like, sure, like, I'm saving money, like, nobody's cars are going anywhere. We got we got a reduction on it from the insurance company, because they know nobody's driving. Um, and I was just saving money, so I was like, yeah, sure, we can make that expense tax time, right? Why not? So we ordered the PS4, and we ordered two controllers, and they're like, let's go to Best Buy downtown. I'm like... I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, what don't you understand? Like, fomites, they exist, like, on, on you know, cardboard. I'm like, no. Um, and so, you know, we're watching what's happening in New York, right? Like, New York is a hot spot. And the controllers come in first. And, you know, we wipe it down, all that good stuff. Um, and then we find out that the package, the console, is coming from New York. And so I'm just like... You're going to burn it. Burn it off. It's not coming in the house. Um, and so they delivered it, and the back door has, well, both doors on the side, the one to the basement and the one to the, the house, have um, awnings. So they placed it underneath the, the awning and back door. But it was raining that day. And, you know, it, that turned into a little bit of um, um, a conversation about why it needed to come in the house. And I was like, well, you could bring it into the basement, but it has to stay down there. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just, you can't leave it out in the rain, mommy. And I'm like, yeah. yes, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it got COVID you on stay it. out there too. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for my daughter was her close relationship with my mom. And so my mother, I, I feel like she didn't take it very seriously, even though she was 
about to turn 80. And um, there was a constant flow of traffic at her home. So um, my nieces and nephews and their children, and then she was very upset with me because I was just like, I'm not bringing my kid over there because I see them on social media. Right. And they have, like, nothing about what they're doing has stopped, which means whatever happens to them, it's going to come to your home. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, one of my nieces did get COVID in the early part of this. Um, luckily, my mom, my, my mom's doctor got, um, you know, got to her and kind of told her, like, listen, what are you doing? Because we have the same doctor, so of course I had to make a phone call. Like, <laughs> she won't listen to me. They have her believing right. that this is nothing. And I don't think that it's nothing because at our school, we got hit hard with this new flu and Mm -hmm. so kids were being out for two to three weeks at a time Mm -hmm. and so you know we're all trying to figure out what in the heck is this and then December before we got shut down one of my friend's husbands got sick and we had all planned on going out for New Year's Eve and she called us and it was kind of like I didn't think I'd be burying my husband this soon and we're all like what here we come and she's like no there's nothing you can do and they're putting him on a machine and we're all like but he was just coughing what the heck you know but later now we know why what yeah. COVID did but um we did not see my mother she she we missed her 80th birthday party mm-hmm. um and I don't think we saw her probably until like I would take things to her house and put them on her porch get in my car and say hey come get your package off your porch because she you know, doesn't live in the best neighborhood. But I would not go in her house because I was just deathly afraid. Um, my nephew got COVID, didn't tell everybody. He went to a get-together with the family. Everybody else got COVID, you know? So I just, so for me, it was like, I, we just cannot come around because you guys aren't taking it seriously. No. And I did notice um, my daughter being very angry with me because she was used to spending a lot of time with her grandmother. But... You know, you have to kind of make those decisions, especially for yeah, a 10-year-old, because they don't really understand. So, um, But then what we did do to get through it is uh, I'm in the mom's group. So we all decided, okay, we're going to all live in our bubble so that our kids can be together because they're all the same age. They used to do everything together so we can keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And I want y'all to know we kept COVID at bay until <laughs> just recently. Um, we had a... Um, we had a get together for Christmas. They do an annual Christmas party. And we were already getting together when my friend got a notice that her daughter had been exposed by an after school teacher. Mm-hmm. But we were all already together. And um, so that Saturday, that was a Friday. So that Saturday, she's like, oh boy, my daughter's got symptoms. That Sunday, she's like, everybody go get tested. She's got COVID. Wow. So what ended up happening was two of the girls that were there, two of the kids had COVID, two of the parents had COVID. So COVID has its own mind because we did not have our mask because we had all tested just to make sure. So none of us had our mask. You know, kids, as much as you tell them to separate, they're not going to yeah. do that. So, of course, everybody was paranoid, paranoid, paranoid. But, it, you know, I don't know how it chose who it mm-hmm. chose. Um, mm-hmm. But we did get through COVID with that um, group there's uh eight moms seven moms eight mm-hmm. kids um all girls <laughs> and um that was a real help for us mm-hmm. because you know at least once a month we could go to one place yeah and get them all together so that did help i i have i know this girl that did the same thing that she quarantined with um a family friend 
basically, I think they both kept in their circles and tried to, like, not go out. But so they were able to, like, have play dates with their kids. Yeah. She's like, no, nah, I would have gone crazy. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm glad my kids had each other because they were driving me insane. So at least they can sometimes play together. And I, th- I think one of the things that, though, damaged all the kids, I don't know about college, but um, because of, I guess, access to learning, yeah. Um, I think that learning for like I think our kids are gonna are very behind. And I don't see how they'll be able to catch them up unless they double up on the work because um so my daughter was in third grade when this happened mm-hmm. and things as simple as like how to write an essay mm-hmm. she didn't get because they had to spend so much time trying to get the kids to stop doing that, get mm-hmm. out of the bed, yeah. go take your pajamas yeah. off. Just you know, so they didn't get the lessons that they would have gotten in person and I'm starting to see now that she's in fifth grade all of these gaps um, in her learning and what do you think selective... it'll be universal kind of because I mean all schools were out yeah yeah no I think it's universal so, like because I, I, honestly like I guess I was I thought like that too at first I was worried like oh my kids are not gonna know how to read like, my son's known how to read since he was three he learned on his own I can't even take credit for it I have no idea he just started <laughs> reading my daughter I struggled with so I was freaking out because she was in kindergarten and I'm like, she doesn't know how to read and I can't, I don't know how to teach her. Like, I try, but I'm not a teacher. Like, I don't know how. But the teacher said something, she's like, look, she's like, all kids are going to be behind. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, everything's just going to move behind. So, like, it's not that, I don't think that's a that too bad. Yeah, you know is, what I mean? Like, but it is. Because There's a disadvantage to it for this, for this reason. Um, so, sixth grade is when it's going to be determined where she can go to high school. Right. Right, but so if but this is because but if it's universal, if everybody's behind the rules aren't gonna change. But I think I don't, know. I don't think I so. think that's where it has to change. Yeah, exactly. Even for, for Catherine and myself, you know, as as educators at the college level, there is still this approach that you have to take to ensure that your cause you do you meet in person? No, no. Okay. So I, I'm still, but I've always mm-hmm. told, I've always taught remote. So it's like, this is not an adjustment mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's always making sure that you address different learning styles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being a little more chill about how you can hold the kids accountable. So there has to be room for the policymakers, we're not always educators, by the way, mm-hmm. but for the policymakers to make these adjustments and drop those standardized tests mm-hmm. and requirements because our kids are not doing that, right? No. So the the standardized ACT because there was a switch. I think CPS does SAT now. So the yeah, standardized from ACT mm-hmm. to SAT. So the standardized mm-hmm. test and the test prep that is usually offered to kids in person, you know is not there and you miss so much of that and it's no different even here when we talk about and you all know this when we meet together there's just a different kind of energy Mm -hmm. there's different interactions we hold each other there's a different level of accountability because now I can right like I could be in people's faces Mm -hmm. like you better make sure you get this done (laughs) no you know it's just different and you take more away from that in-person instruction than yeah. you do yes, just absolutely. virtually. Yeah. Like, no, when absolutely. we get out the meeting, yeah. it's just like, all right, yeah. we'll go back lay down, right? Um, yeah, no, none of the yeah. none of us do that. I don't. No. So they still need us take these standards.
standardized tests mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And then um, our school was brand new, so we didn't have like the school rating. Thank God they did do away with right. the school ratings. They had to. But we, you know, yeah, we didn't have a school rating, but they made us take this test. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're having our kids take a test based on things they still didn't get to learn. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't, the test scores were not that great, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go oh, ahead. And so, um, you know, parents are worried and concerned. Yeah. And now for me, because I am that mom who, <laughs> when I saw, you know, it was like I saw, okay, they're making you take a test on what? And then when, she, when they send this stuff home, I'm like, she doesn't even know how to do any of this stuff. So mm-hmm. I try to show her some so that at least when you take the test, you'll still be at the same level that you were, mm-hmm. at least, because you know how the test will go. Mm-hmm. If she guesses one right, she's going to get a problem that she doesn't right. know how to do mm-hmm. and is not familiar with at all. But our school, um, so we, so the year prior, our test scores like were way, well, this next year when you make us take this test, when they really haven't been learning, our scores mm-hmm. become super subpar. Yeah. What school but is I think this? It's Bronzeville Classical School. Okay. It's a brand new school. It's CPS. Mm-hmm. It's a selective mm-hmm. enrollment. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of make a guess at, at why that was still necessary. Um, and it's probably the new baseline, right? So it's less about, you know, what did our kids learn ah, and how are we okay. going to, te- you know, let's test them on what they've learned based on we know that these schools and our, our kids missed out on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And this is the baseline for where we're going to measure okay. kids' growth moving forward. Um, I've always opted my kids out of the test because I just I'm not a believer in that. Mm-hmm. You can do um, that. Yeah, yeah, you got. Yeah, we just we just learned that. I've opted my kids out of all the testing because I'm like I'm not going to stress you out over that stuff, and we know that. This is not a true measure of what you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. And my older kid was stressing over her ACT score, and I'm like, I got a 19 on my ACT score, and still got three degrees. See, but I think that, I think more for us, huh? there was no average. option to opt out because they we had, had nothing. Option. But but they had nothing to give us our. And they're not going to tell um, you. No, no, no. I'm saying at, for at our school though, mm-hmm. they had nothing to. To we had to do something for them to be able to give us a rating. Yeah, because oh, that was our first. That was our yeah. first. Because we started out K through two, so we didn't even have a third grade class. Mm-hmm. And then you know when we got the third grade class, it was like, well, this is the only way you can get a school rating. Because what we did learn later was that none of the other selective enrollment schools took the test. So it was like, okay, so then why did we have to do it? But you know, um, I, and I also think this is an opportunity for parents with kids in CPS to really push back on, mm-hmm. you know, not push back, but to talk to LSCs and let LSCs be the voices for them, for the school board, to let them know that whatever selective enrollment criteria they have, they're going to have to relax that so that these kids still have that opportunity. So there's a meeting tonight about that. Um, okay. And I, that's one of the things I think good. that came, that's good that came out of parenting in the pandemic a lot of parents have been very vocal Mm -hmm. so there's a thing tonight where they're supposed to talk about redoing this whole selective enrollment process because um actually what i did learn was that over the years um because uh, people would have to test into different schools or whatever they didn't they they tested kids but the rules were very very relaxed so kids who normally wouldn't have had an opportunity to go to like a um 
uh, what do you call it, academic center or different things like that, they actually were able to, is they actually were able to get, you know, get their kids into yeah. those schools and stuff because there were no um, rules. But uh, I did notice, though, as a, a challenge, that was a huge challenge for the parents I know. I'm mm -hmm. wor worried about, okay, so how are they going to catch up? You know, I'm noticing that my daughter, her reading comprehension has dropped or that my son's not doing so good in math. And, you know, the teachers will always tell you, well, teaching is our superpower. And it's like, okay, we're about to be at the end of our first year back and I still see the same right. issues. Yeah. I think people, um, you know, teaching at the college level, what you see is the cost of the pandemic in mental health terms. Oh, and yes. for children, we don't always recognize mm -hmm. that something is about, you know, the kind of background stress of yep. the outer world, their parents' worries, um, you know, broken connections with larger community. Uh, you know, we just see that they're not concentrating, you know, that they're doing backflips instead of paying attention to the online class. I do think that they'll catch up. And I think that for a lot of kids who are um, cognitively, cognitively not quite there yet, that extra year is going to make learning long division or essay writing a little bit easier. I think over the course of five years, a lot of those deficits are going to go away. And, and I hope so because I, and even my college student was like, okay, I got this medical class <laughs> and a lab. How do I do a lab at home and I don't have equipment? Mm. Or I don't have the materials and the supplies. Um, and I was like, man, it's a little bit of a thing. Um, but that was the same thing with my younger daughter when they were like, okay, you need to take a CPR class or this nursing class, and I was just like, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, what's the setup? And they had a really good setup. Um, and I was like, all right, but we're going to decontaminate you when you get home. <laughs> um, but, you know, clinicals, all that, and I'm just like, I don't know, baby, you got to go live in a basement, you know, you can't come back up here. But, you know, you missed out on a lot of that hands-on um, stuff. She got her a phlebotomy kit, and, and she's like, all right, Pull out them arms. I'm like, hell. Nope, nope, nope. Lisa, I wanted to ask you um, about coping with daycare because I know your daughter's in daycare now. Um, how was that process of finding a good daycare, helping her adjust to that? How did the pandemic complicate that? Um, well, she's been in daycare um, since she was six weeks old, pretty young, but I had to work, I had to pay for school. Um, so she adapted. Um, really soon um, but when this hit uh, finding childcare wasn't yeah. ideal um, you know my mom had to work my grandma had to work basically my whole support system had to work mm -hmm. um, so that's where I did have to make some changes as far as my job which is why I started working nights um, so I could be with her during the day which is kind of hard just to I pretty much was up majority of the day slash night um, so it was pretty difficult, and I got to sleep maybe around 5 p.m., mm -hmm. um, but she was taken care of, so that was my biggest concern. Um, but it was manageable. We got through it. I graduated, so that's all I really worried about. And then her daycare really wasn't closed that long. I was really grateful for that. They just cut the attendance, like, in half. 
so they allowed half of the students to attend the classroom. Luckily, she was part of it because she's been there for so long. Oh, so okay. I was grateful for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how they made it? I don't, but um, I was really cool with like her, you know, teachers and stuff. So I was very, I communicated with them very often. You know, I told them like I really need this daycare. Like, there's just no way I can just keep doing this. So she was, you know, they were like, she's been here so long. You know, we're gonna take that into consideration. Um, for those who really need it, which everyone does, but I was just super grateful that she was able to stay. Um, yeah, they they weren't closed for majority of the pandemic, like CPS. What they kinds went, of restrictions did they have? Um, the protocols were like very crazy. She she was two, I think, and she's, she had to wear a mask. You know, it's not really <clears throat> ideal for a two year old. Um, even now, she's three. But um, we're not allowed to go in the building anymore. They weren't allowed to bring their own blankets or anything. So I'm hoping they provided that stuff for them. Um, they were just able to start taking their water bottles back. Um, so as far as like hygiene and everything in there, I'm, I'm assuming everything was up to par. Um, but we couldn't go in. Our temperatures had to be red before we even let them in. Um, and now they built like a little shelter area where we have to wait outside for them now. So we still can't go in the building. but. Um, as far as like safety precautions, everything was yeah. pretty good. I think that probably helps if you have to leave your child somewhere that you can trust the people yeah. that you've left them with. And they sanitize like every um, week. They did like a major building cleaning. So that was kind of comforting for us, for most parents. Um, and they did allow like Zoom classes for even parents to do like some kind of activities with the kids. Um, so if they did have to miss school, I mean, they're young, but they still need that, like, interaction. So the fact that they held those Zoom meetings for parents and for the kids was, like, really beneficial, I think. Yeah. So, Armani, did you, you all, well, with your little ones, did you have to do, deal with daycare and everything as well? So we actually couldn't do daycare, kind of, like, the exact opposite. So a lot of times when we were looking into it, a lot of places were like, no, we're not taking new kids. Um, and to be honest... I was kind of made to feel really guilty mm-hmm. about even considering putting them in daycare. Um, you know, like I said, I was by myself. I had the three, and I'm just like, you know, I, I would have liked to have a little bit of a break and everything like that, but it was a lot of guilt coming from my family. It was a lot of guilt coming from just pretty much everyone. Just like, how could you send your kids out there in that mm-hmm. type of environment? Um, which was really hard for me because I'm like, you know, I, I'm not I was there. <laughs> not, I'm not talking fair. about mom guilt, yeah. right? Like, not fair at all. And, but it, that was the thing. Everyone's just like, you know, don't send them to daycare. There's no freaking way. You know, you're going to, one of my family members even told me, like, if I send them to daycare, like, they're going to die. And I'm just like, oh my thank God. you. Love you. This is why we're family, right? Love it so much. So, yeah, I just had a lot of guilt about it. And then, you know, when my husband did come back, um, you know, we, we legitimately thought about it because I started working here. I'm going to school. And it was just like, you know, he's stuck at home with all three kids. We couldn't go to the park. We couldn't do a lot of the stuff where it's like we would have had more family support. Mm-hmm. Well, not family support, but like support from friends, like peer groups, support groups, anything like that, because everything's just closed and we just had no time for nothing. Um, a lot of places are just like, no, like you can't, we're not taking new kids, you know, you can't bring them in. Um, you know, there was just so many issues and then there was the mask issue. You know, my kids don't wear a mask, you know, they, they got it um excused by their pediatrician everything like that and it was just like you know it was very difficult for you know especially my son he has an IEP and it's just really difficult for him to just have something on his face the entire time it's just like you know it just 
isn't something that he can do and it was just difficult because you know they had all these restrictions um and it's just like yeah that just didn't work yeah. for our kids you know it wasn't how I knew about it beforehand when I had kids where it's like, oh, you can just come in. Maybe it's like a half-day program, something like that. It's like, no, they are stuck there from the entire day. And I'm like, well, my kids don't nap without us. They don't know how to use a bathroom. Like, they're still really young, and we can't come in to support. And it's like, well, you know, my kids need that support. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way that they can do it. Um, even now, like, we're looking into it. And it was interesting because right now that you're talking about testing – and it's actually kind of interesting because um, to get into some of the preschoolers, my kids have to test. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was, you know, kind of like, wow. <laughs> like, these kids literally were born during a pandemic, yeah. have not gone to play groups, anything, no mommy groups, nothing. But now they're expecting them to test mm-hmm. to get into preschool. And I also come from a selective enrollment background. I tested into high school. I went to Walter Payton. I tested into grammar school. And so it was just like crazy and I couldn't help but think about that like this idea of like they literally have no exposure to anybody like they were in a bubble because you know they were new I had a newborn we had to stay in our little bubble no exposure to anybody and now you're expecting them to test even start education to start going and meeting friends and everything like that and it's like what the hell am I testing them? Am yeah. I testing social them? Skills. Right, I'm testing them on social schools. They never had right. to. Mm-hmm. There was a time where, like, we would go to the park almost every single day, and then it was on the news, and the mayor said, you know, don't go to the parks because they're not cleaning them. That was the only time that they would go out and, yeah. and be with other kids, but then they said they weren't cleaning them. So I'm like, shit, well, we're stuck at the house. We're not going up and down in our apartment. Our apartment had, you know, our apartment building had COVID exposures, I don't know how many different times there were people mm-hmm. positive in the apartment. So, you know, we used to take them downstairs, do laundry. We stopped doing that because people were positive. So it's just like, you know, to test these kids on things they literally had no chance of even doing. It's just like, and this is just to get into a good school, Mm -hmm. right? You know, neighborhood schools, depending on your neighborhood, are not always the best. And you want your kid to have the best opportunity possible. And it's like, well, you know, they're already kind of set up to fail in a lot of instances because we just didn't get that support. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, we want to get them in school now that things have kind of slowed down, I would say. But, you know, with the summer coming, it might pick back up and be more and worse. Hopefully not, fingers crossing. But, you know, that's something that we're still really looking into um, to try to see if they could go into school because there's just a lot of challenges with with trying to get them back into school or even just start school in the first place. Yeah, how do you think your parenting has changed uh, you know, compared to what you think it might have been during the pandemic, things that you would have chosen to do that you now think I'm not going to do that, or things that you wouldn't have done before, like buying the iPad for your daughter and loosening up on screen time. How do you think it's changed? <laughs> I, I, for for me, I'm probably uh, even more skeptical of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I told her we'll probably be wearing masks till 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, she's okay with it because we've lost a lot of people to COVID. Um, and I don't really, I wasn't real big on going to people's houses, but it's even worse. So, like, I just, yeah. I'm, I think that I am a much more precautious parent now. Um, it's kind of sad because uh, I think she'll miss out on a lot of things, but it's what gives me peace of mind. So, yeah. I think I've, I've become a more cautious. For cautious, a more cautious parent. I agree. Because of the, I agree with her. I've become more cautious too. And I, I really honestly don't think that 
my family, they will ever stop wearing masks. I mean, we'll be like uh, every new segment I've seen from China every day of the year that they showed. Uh, everybody wore masks, and that's pretty much how how we're going to move about and how we're going to function. And my kids, they're okay with that though, because as once I got this job and I started learning so many things, I would share with them. Well, this is why we have to do this this way. Well, this is what's going on now. And this is what's happening now. And it's a mutation, and oh my God. And, and so I would share with them so that they would know and understand uh, hand sanitizers all around the house. There's a soap dispenser, kitchen, bathroom, wherever. So yeah, I'm definitely um, a more cautious parent as far as parenting uh, is concerned with family gatherings. I have ventured to a couple of gatherings, um, but they were very, they made me angry um, because, you know, at, at I would say the two that I attended, you know, some folks are just like, um, well, I'm not getting a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, why don't, why aren't you wearing a mask yeah. then? If you're not going to get the vaccine, then why aren't you wearing a mask? And I'm talking about these are family mm -hmm. members, yep. family friends. Yep. And it's just like I had to, um, because I'm used to family barbecues mm -hmm. in the summer and birthday parties and things like that. So giving that up during the beginning of the pandemic, it was hard. During the pandemic, it was hard because we were used to that. My kids were used to that. Mm -hmm. They know, they could tell you, when it gets to that time of year, it's like, hey, we got a birthday coming up. Yep. There's going to be a party, okay? What's going on with that they, party? Something's they always know. going on every weekend. Mm -hmm. But they yeah. know when these birthdays come up because we have parties. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I ventured to a couple. And to me, I just, every anybody can do what they want to do. But I think it's just, you know, blatant disrespect when you refuse to get the vaccine and then you refuse to keep your germs to yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yep. then you want to greet me with a hug. Have you been vaccinated? Oh, well, I, mm -hmm. we won't be hugging. Yeah. We won't be doing that, you know. And uh, I, I find that very disheartening. So moving forward, I'm not even sure um, what my participation level will be when it comes mm -hmm. to these gatherings and, and things like that. And I know my kids, summer's coming, birthdays mm -hmm. are coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to go, and I'm going to have to let them know, hey, they're not they're not doing what we're doing. So we have to stay safe. We've been safe all this time. Let's stay safe. Yeah. You know? I don't I don't want to get sick. They don't either. They have asthma. It's acute asthma, but it's still yeah. asthma. Right, right. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm gonna be very cautious moving forward and I'm gonna keep the things that I've learned about uh, wearing masks and the importance of hand sanitizer. I'm going to keep those things with me yeah. moving mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I find myself like super sensitive every time, you know, somebody eight feet away has this slight like, cough and it's like, sneeze. Yeah. Was that a dry cough? Back <laughs> <laughs> off. Like, when somebody coughs and sneezes, everybody in the store I looks know. around like, who was that? I know. That's how I say I have to pre warn people. Like, I swear, I already checked this cough is this. FYI, it's just allergies, no, according to my doctor. Um, yeah, but it's 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 crazy, like how things are changing, how yeah. things are gonna change. I, just really quick fun fact, my my kids. Anytime I need, it's not a fun fact, but anytime um anybody dies, um 
they assume it's COVID and it's because that's their reality. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're seven years old. So, like, when they started to understand death, it was because oh, COVID. Yeah, so, yeah. so they just, first thing, did they, did they not wear their mask, mom? And it's like, oh, well, it's not that. But, you know, so it's just like, it's just crazy how, like, their mentality, younger kids, it's like, mm-hmm. they, they're born. It's kind of like their life is starting with yeah. this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just so weird. It's so weird. This conversation can go on and on, obviously. Like, and we could probably revisit it in a month. And our parenting styles might have changed even then. Um, but let's leave it, um on a positive note and seeing as we're getting to the end of women history month let's you know let's give a shout out to a women a woman in our life or somebody we never met somebody that's passed on whoever uh, that you just want to highlight today i'm gonna highlight somebody in the room um i have had a lot of jobs in my life and a lot of lady managers um but i've never had a manager like kathy yes Um, I want to highlight her though because working in corporate America, I, I've had a lot of jobs, and I've never had someone to to care. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I had one other person, but I've never had someone to really care about every single one of her staff members, and do everything she can to not only make the work environment good, but to make sure we're okay in our personal lives as well. And so mm-hmm. I want to highlight her. She's a rock star. I don't know what I'm gonna do after this program is over. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that there's many out there like that, and it's gonna be really hard. Once you've had that, to go to work, you know, with somebody yeah. who doesn't care. Yeah. We'll have to have reunions like the Rockettes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Raynanda. You're welcome. I agree. I agree with you because my supervisor's that, that way as well. And I think that she's a great person to shout out yeah. to uh, because she's always there for us. She's always understanding. Mm-hmm. She always has empathy. She always has sound advice. She's willing to step in and help out if we're in a situation or even just like with our resume. Send it to me. I'll mm-hmm. read it. I'll mm-hmm. give you feedback. Um, she's very encouraging. She just lets us know that we're, we're doing a really good job. And it takes a lot of strength and courage to do the jobs that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to shout out to Armani as well. <laughs> I, love Armani. I love my supervisor, Maria, too, Maria, Maria Rivera. Mm-hmm. But Armani was my canvas, canvassing lead, um, and she made it just, she made it so, so much fun. I mean, she is funny. Her kids <laughs> would, would, I met her kids and her husband. They're just an adorable family. So I want to shout out to Armani for helping, helping me get through canvassing on these streets of Chicago. Yes. <laughs> During the summertime. Oh, Lord. It was something. It, it was, was a doozy. We ran into crazy yeah. people yep. who were just yep. talking <laughs> mad, crazy, and, you know, she just... Like, it's one thing to get them on the phone, but in person. Oh, in person, in your face, just like, okay, thank you. Six feet, please. (laughs) Like, yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to give a highlight and shout out to all the Gomez women in my family. Um, You guys are all strong, resilient women, and you guys raised a beautiful family. You're doing such a great job, so I just want to give them a shout out. Thank you. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, everybody here at the table, you guys, um, you know, the CSE women, the LRI women, everybody, you know, you guys have been such a great help. It has not been easy uh, for me. You know, I have so much stuff going on and it's, it's, it's been rough, you know, the guilt, the mom guilt of, you know, working instead of being with kids and stuff like that. And just the accommodations you guys have made and just, you know, being friends and, and being a support system. 
Kathy is the rock star madam, yes. <laughs> like, I cannot, I couldn't be half where, you know, we are without her, you know, just again, like, the, the support, the, you know, you need five minutes, go take five minutes. Like, thank you, I'm about to kill this caller. Like, thank you for these five minutes. So I just really appreciate that. Um, you know, the line of communication is great with, with Kathy and, you know, I'm just really happy to be a part of this team and, you know, get back to canvassing with Lissandra <laughs> with some craziness. So, yeah, just you guys are you guys are great and inspirations to all women out there. Definitely. This team. Yeah. I think I'm going to shout out to Dr. Azike, who's mm-hmm. finishing up now, yes. and Dr. Arwadi. It's so great that yes. the voices of authority yes. in Illinois and in Chicago for the pandemic yeah. are women. Women, yeah. yeah. And I think a generation ago it would have been you know, mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. middle-aged white men only. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we listen to people like that and they make us feel more confident about the situation. And after you listen to them, you feel like you understand yes. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And with Dr. Azike, you understand in two languages, which is incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I guess what I want to say is that, um, and, and I think I said this the other day too, like we always look to like these historical figures and we don't celebrate yeah. mm-hmm. ourselves and women enough. And our, our team is, is yeah. a, a, a woman dominant mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's okay. So the men can feel like. They're surrounded by But I think it always, there's so many things that we share with each other um, as, as women, as parents as members of these far south side communities, mm-hmm. like you just have a different understanding and a different way to connect with one another and know what needs to happen in the communities with this work mm-hmm. and the projects that we're doing. Um, so shout out to you all. I also um, wanna highlight that last night was just amazing for me um, personally um, because we had mm-hmm. three of our volleyball um, players who are seniors commit to playing in college yep. who write scholarships yes. that's awesome. Beautiful. so that's yes. what we did last night and um we actually had the heckwish times come in that's cool and rose uh-huh. came in and did a whole like uh-huh. question uh, not question but you know what i mean yeah she um interviewed them um so it's just good to see that happen yeah. and letting these kids know like this is the work that you've put in this yeah. is the investment from the community and the parents and we want to celebrate you because you know, there's just so much more magic that is going to um, take place for them on their next journeys, mm-hmm. yeah. um, their next adventures. And I'm just like, we're going to celebrate you now. Like, mm-hmm. that whole, the whole thing, like, let's give them their roses, mm-hmm. their flowers right yep. now. Yeah. Ooh, we should have them on the show and talk about their journey. Uh, yeah. I'll, during, you know, yeah. yeah I thought about that. Because I just think it's good um, for young women to, mm-hmm. to yeah. feel like, yep. Like, this isn't just for you. Mm-hmm. This is for a community. Yeah. Right? Like, having other little girls look mm-hmm. up to them. Exactly. Like, man, this is this is what could be for me, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's exciting to, yeah. to give them those opportunities. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this and then I'll end. <laughs> but, um, you know, I always felt that if my kids ever went for something, you know, had an opportunity... And, or that opportunity was, you know, sometimes there's these gatekeepers, right? Um, And you don't have access. And my thing was like, oh, it it can't happen for you because 
they're not letting it happen, I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. you shut the door, I'm going to just, I'm going to build some other doors and we're going to get you through. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what, this is kind mm-hmm. of a result. Um, and my kids haven't played volleyball. There was a lot of talent in the neighborhood. I'm like, mm-hmm. why not? Because I was sending yeah. my kids somewhere else. You know, and I'm like, why not? So, yeah. here we are, seven years later. That's Beautiful. awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us um, yeah. on today's episode. And I look forward to having you all on the show again. We're really excited to just continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. There's so much I'm sure that we can talk about um, and so many more uh, funny stories that we will encounter with our kids during this pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, with that being said, um, yeah, have a great day. And thank you all for listening and for joining our combo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.